and is coming back to rule and to reign as a, a king of kings and lord of lords. I'm going to believe that today. Jesus Christ. Listen, his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only savior. There's nobody else can save you. No, no one else can save you. Your money cannot save you. Your fame cannot change you. Your uh, savior, your relatives cannot save you. Uh, there, the scripture says there is only one name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. And when the angel appears to Mary, and <clears throat> I think it's in the book of Luke, she, she said that his name would be called Jesus, right? Is that what she said? What he said to Mary, you, his name would be called Jesus, the son of the highest. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Okay? Jesus is the son of God. When he came to the earth, he has a father. Who is his father? Who is his father? God is his father. But because of Jesus Christ, God is also our father. When, when you accept Jesus as your savior. And Jesus taught the disciples, he said, when you pray, say, our father. That's, that's personal. I know who my father is. My earthly father is dead. But my heavenly father is alive. I want you to know this morning that you have a father. Now, those of, you know, parents, father, mother, you know how you feel about your children. See, when your children need something, they're in distress or they call to you, don't you answer them? They call you on the phone, don't you pick the phone up? No matter what you're doing, you respond to the call of your children. But what about God? You think that your earthly parents love you anymore? Hmm? No. See, the, um, <clears throat> the earthly parents only love us in this life. But God loves us forever. He's an everlasting father. I think the Bible says that. The everlasting father. Nobody else has that but God. And the prince of peace. If, if you can stop this morning and begin to think how blessed we are after all that we've done because we were born in sin. When you came in this world, you didn't come as a saint. Nobody, nobody had to teach us to lie, to steal, to do wrong things. Nobody has to, it's just natural. It's our nature. We were born with a nature that did not love God. That's why people don't love God. They'd rather do something else than to serve God. See, and until God touch you and turn your life around, you'll never love him. You will choose the world. You love the things of the world. And there's no salvation in that. But yet we choose that. And salvation is in God. Eternal life is in God. And yet, we many times refuse that. Try and invite somebody to serve God. Even your family, some family member, see what the excuse 
they come up with. I always have an excuse. But you invite them to come to a barbecue or something else. You understand that? As long as God is not involved. You'll find out the things of the world. And it passes away. It's only here a little bit and it's gone. But when God blesses you, it's forever. Did you know that when Jesus Christ came, it was for a purpose? He came that we might have life. When, do you understand when I say life? We were dead. We were all dead in trespasses and sins. Without God, we are all dead in trespasses and sins. But Christ came to give us life. Amen. And more abundantly. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why you're here this morning. Because you're knocking on the door and say, Lord, open to me. I want life. Amen. That's why you come to church. You, you and I didn't come to church because we have life. We, we're drawing nearer to the end of our lives. Every one of us. We're one day closer. One day closer. Because this body is not forever. This life is not forever. And God knows that. So God came to give us another. Amen. Another body. A glorious body like unto his own. Do you think that this body that you have right now sitting there is what you're going to have in eternity? I don't want it. Huh? Would you want somebody to be lifting you up and carrying you and feeding you forever? I don't want it. Would you like to have that pain in your back or your side or your neck forever? Huh? So you need a new body. So this, this what you have now is not the best. When you were born, you did not get the best. Actually, you just got dust. You don't know that? We were made of dust, clay. And that's all we had. A corruptible body. You don't take care of it, take care of your mouth, take care of your body. You'll see it falls apart. It's just a clay put together. But inside, God has placed something. It's called your soul. Inside of you is your soul. And that lives on forever. Because God breathed life, eternal life in it. And look at you and I. We just clay. But yet God says, you are my temple. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God dwells in you. Do you know that? He lives in you. God doesn't dwell in buildings like these. We just use this to keep the sun and the rain off. But God dwells inside. He's on the inside. And because he's inside. That gives us a hope. A hope of glory. The Bible said. That Christ. In you. That's Jesus Christ. The anointed of God. In you. That's a hope. A hope of what? Not to, not to get something worldly. But to have eternal life. Christ in you. When Jesus Christ in you. Do you know what you have? You have eternal life. Eternal life means forever life. You live forever. In this body that we have. We don't live forever. It's only a temporary body. 
wrecked by sin. You, you, you have no guarantee to life. Nobody guarantee you that you're going to be here tomorrow or the next day. No. But we have a guarantee for eternity. Amen. Because I live. You shall live also. And is he alive? He died, didn't he? But on the third day, what happened? He rose from the dead. Amen. And he conquered death. He conquered the grave. And we don't have to be afraid. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter uh, 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Start about verse 12. Put that up for me. Hebrews chapter 2. I want you to look at that. How powerful that, that scripture is. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse uh, start at verse 12. <coughs> okay, let's, let's read. Verse 12. That's Jesus speaking, right? Go, go up to verse 11. Verse 9. Go to verse 9. It's wonderful, so that's why. And I, I, but we see Jesus. Anybody ever seen Jesus? Some, not with the natural eyes, but in the spirit, by faith. Okay? We see the work of the cross. And the Bible said, but we see Jesus. When you see Jesus Christ, that's all you need. A revelation. Amen. We see Jesus. Sir, we would see Jesus. Oh, I want to see the president. Oh, I just got to see a movie star. But that doesn't save you. But when you have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Why did he become lower than the angels? For the suffering of death. When did he become lower? When he took on your form. And he took on the nature of man. And he became lower. He who was exalted came down. Do you understand? It was not man. It was not man that became God. But it was God that became man. When Jesus Christ became a man, it was God that became man. Now, the same Christ is working on you that you and I who are men will become like God. We become sons of God. That's what he's doing. He became one of us. That we might become one of them. Like the father and the son. Let us make man in our own image. And God wants to make you like himself. God wants to make us in his image. But he has to change us. Only God can do it. Nobody can do it. There's got to be a change on the inside. So Jesus had to come down. And you have to see him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower. Than the angel for the suffering of death. If he had remained son of God he could never die. But he had to take on the very nature that sinned. Man fell in the garden. And he had to become one of us in order to redeem us. Christ came to redeem you. To buy you back. Purchase you. From the hand of death. 
And God was satisfied with the blood. With the sacrifice of Christ. He's crowned. That's Jesus. With glory and honor. That he. Jesus. Notice. By the grace of God should. What? I want you to focus right here. Taste. Alright. Have you ever tasted somebody. Mama cooking or somebody. And you walk in there. Uh, probably they used to have over this big store over there one time. You could go in and taste. And they taste it because they want you to buy it. Okay? Appetite. Taste. And that's what God did. He sent his son. Amen? And Christ took upon himself and he tasted of that. Okay? He tasted that. Right? Did he say taste of death? He tasted death for every man. So you don't have to taste it. That means eternal death. He tasted and he didn't like it. So what did he do? He destroys it. He destroys it. If you taste something and you. Oh I like that. What are you going to do? You want to buy it? Huh? You want to have it? Oh that food tastes so good man. I got I to gotta buy it. I got to get some more. But if you don't like it, you just pass and turn your back on it. And Jesus Christ came and he didn't like death. So he destroyed it. And he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And said that he, I like this, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Verse 10. For it became him. Look what he says. For it became him. For whom are all things. He had everything. He didn't have to die. You and I don't have everything. But Christ had everything. And by whom. Are all things. Here's what he has to do. Here's why he tasted death. Because he is an omission. When he came to the hurt. It was for a purpose. God sent him to bring many sons unto glory. Bring many sons unto himself. So that's why Jesus came, Christ came to seek and to save you. Amen. To bring you to God. Jesus' mission is to bring you to God. You say, well, I, I, I'm not going to come. Oh, let me tell you something. God knows how to bring every one of us to himself. Well, I don't think so. I'm stronger. There's nobody stronger than God. Okay. He told Paul, Saul, hard to kick against the pricks. When God is after you, you cannot win. Nobody can win. Whither shall I flee from his presence? If I take the wings of the, you know, I, I get on a plane at the airport here. I mean, Fresno or something. And there's God. And I land in Dallas or someplace. He's there. Yeah. I go to the Philippines and he's there. Everywhere you go, he's there. If I take the wings of the morning and flee to the utmost part of the earth, He's there. You cannot hide from God. 
Nobody can hide from God. Jesus came to seek and to save. Seek. You know you seek. He look you out. Search you out. Find wherever you are. Seek. You're hiding under the bed wherever you are. He seek and to save. That which was lost. And you and I we were lost. God will find you. He said oh I'm just doing. No you're not. It's God finding you. It's God seeking you. It's God searching you out. And God will never rest until he brings many sons to glory. Amen. God is going to have what God sets out to do. Nobody can stop it. Or you might fight. You might resist. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm going I'm to quit. I'm going to stay home. You can steal more all you want. But have you ever read the last chapters of Revelation? Hmm? Have you ever read the seventh chapter of Revelation? Where God has a multitude that when the elder has John said, Who are these he didn't know? And the elder said, These are they that came out of great tribute. A multitude that cannot be numbered. He said, Oh, poor God. God's going to have more people than the devil is going to have. So, whose side are you on? I don't want to be on the side of a loser. The devil is a loser. You didn't know that? Huh? He lost me. He lost you. He's never going to get you back. You know what? Because you're never going to go back and God never going to release you. Well, I don't know if I'm ready. It's not when you and I are ready. That's not the way it's work. We might think it's, well, when I'm ready, I will serve God. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. God doesn't go by your timing or my timing. It's by his timing. He told Jeremiah that. Before I made you and formed you, I gave you a job to do. Amen. God created us. God called us. And he, Jesus is not going to ask us, well, do you want to go to glory with me? That's not the way it works. The Bible said it's to bring. That word bring sounds like drag you. If he has to. Like how he dragged Lot out of Sodom. You think Lot wanted to leave Sodom? Eh? Lot didn't want to leave Sodom. But the angel dragged him out. And a lot of us, we don't want to leave sin. We don't want to leave the world. We don't want to give up. But God just drag us out. God has way to drag us out of the world. Why? Because he's greater. Nobody can effectively resist God. So it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing. I like that, don't you? In bringing many sons unto glory. Now these sons were not sons one time. We belong to the world. But he came to lead captivity captives. He came and brought you out of prison. Remember the song? <laughs> if you got chains. He's a chain breaker. You were in prison. He brought you out of prison. He opened prison door. And set the captives free. That's why we can lift our hands up. One time you couldn't do it. But we can lift our hands and say thank God. I'm free. You feel a shout coming up. One time you didn't feel like shouting. But you feel a shout rising up inside of you. That's life. That's God. And you feel that old dead you coming alive. One time you, you had a loud voice for the world. 
Touchdown! Woo, boy, you got it. You're loud. I mean, somebody make and shoot the ball and make the basketball uh, look like hoop or whatever. Now you feel like you want to fly. And you couldn't, when it comes to Jesus, you're dead. But something begin to touch you. And you feel those arms that were stiff. Those joints. And your mouth that was closed. But now you can shout. Unto God. You can praise him. You can lift up your voice. You can say thank you. And clap your hands. And say hallelujah. And I'm not ashamed. Not ashamed. Do you think that. I chose to be a preacher because I wanted to be a preacher. God almost had to kill me. You think that? Oh, I volunteered to be a preacher. Oh, I just. No. I never did. I never did. I tried to get away. Get away. You can't. Have you ever, have you ever put the Bible down and you pass it and you turn your head away because you don't want to read it. Study. Have you ever even on television watching a finding a program and you see somebody you turn it fast and you had to go to the animal channel and you sit down you don't, because you don't want to hear about God. Conviction. Guilt. And something is working and you try to push it away. And you go to bed and push the cover over your head. And then you had a dream. You had a dream. It wasn't very nice. Because where you were, you were in your dream was very hot. And you got up and you thank God it was a dream. He knows how to get you. You know that to get you. He says, he's to bring many sons unto glory. You like that? Amen. He's going to bring you. Are you a son of God? With God there is no gender. He's to bring many sons to glory. God is winning. God is going to win. He's never lost. Would you go in there and fight somebody who is a winner that you know you're going to lose? Would you fight against him? But it's foolish to fight against God because you can't lose. He is God. He is God. And he's going to get, look at, read the Bible, read Revelation. He has a multitude that nobody can number. I want to be in there. Amen. This is not it. This is not all. Somebody look around and say, oh, no, we are in a race. Some get dropped out. Some got bumped off. But one win the prize. Don't you want to win that prize? He that endure it to the end. It's an endurance contest. It's a long race. It's not just one time. It's a race that you get into it and you never come out. Say, devil, I'm here by the grace of God. Oh, Oh, God is greater and stronger than the devil. 
Because he's the one that's keeping you. You know, you fight and you resist until you come to the end of yourself when you're tired and broken and you just give up. I said, Jesus, take me. Anything you want. Anything? Yes, anything. All of me. You get tired of that car. You get tired of your beach house. I'm just using words. You're tired of buying a new car. Tired of flying somewhere. Or, you know, vacation. Or You get tired. Oh no, I won't. Oh, God has a way. God just let you use it and burn you out. Back and forth. Run and that. And you won't settle down to the word of God. He let you run. Go ahead. Run, baby. Run. And he leaves you. Until you're broken. You don't want to run anymore. Those mileage look terrible. One time, I can't wait. I see there's no beauty in it. And then in your pain, in your brokenness, you begin to get to the word and you'll find out that the most beautiful thing that God has in the world is his word. Because, listen to me, are you listening? Because you can take a very beautiful water, I mean vacation by the rivers of water, And you see the tree planted by the rivers of water. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to get to heaven. This is reveals heaven right now. You can have fellowship with God. When I get to heaven, you're not going to do any more than you're doing right now. You don't love God. You don't love church. You're not going to love him anymore. It's now in this crooked and perverse world that you learn to love him. I love him better than anything else. And God allows you to be tested. And not, nothing tests you. You rather go to church than go to a movie. That's a test. I'd rather go to church than go to a dinner party. If it's on the night of church. What do you choose? Because God will allow things that you really love to happen on the night when there's a boring prior meeting. And see what you're going to choose. Ah, it's too boring. I'll wait till Sunday. Let me go and enjoy this barbecue. God has a way to allow. Huh? To know that. And find out if you'd rather go to the house of mourning. Because when you go to the house of mourning. You know what you're doing? You're getting blessed. Because blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. You're mourning for your sins, for the wrongs that we've done, for the suffering of Jesus Christ, and for one that saved me. You're mourning and thanking God because He gave His only Son. That's Jesus Christ. God, I feel Him today. I feel God here. God wants to do something for you, God wants to touch you. Bring in, I like this, many sons unto glory. These sons, they don't even know who they are. They don't even know they're sons of God. 
out there wandering in sin and something happened and they begin to cry out to God. They know they were son. They got in trouble. They have no hope. Or they find themselves alone. Out there maybe in a car wreck. Crippled. And you wonder what am I doing here? What happened to me? And the doctor said that's it. You'll never walk again. And you feel like turning up your eyes and say, God, what did you do to me? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But he uses it. And you're sitting there. You can't help doing it. And then he begins to t- touch you. The Holy Ghost suddenly begins to touch you. And you know that's God. You know that's God dealing with you. And God saying, time. This is your time. There's no other time. This is your time. And we get to the place where we stop. Trying to outsmart God. That's the worst thing. We think that we have more chance. And I'm going to trick God again. And I get away. And I repent after I trick him. How oh, the devil tell you all kind of thoughts. All kind of stuff he put in your mind. Oh I just do it. I go ahead and do it. And I repent afterward. I go ahead and do it. And oh, I want just outsmart. I know how to get around with it. Oh they do it and fail. But I know how to get my. I'm going to squeeze everything out of life. So I'm going to enjoy both worlds. This world, I'm going to get everything out of it. And just before I get out of it, before the Lord, uh, before that, I step over into the glory world. So I've got both worlds. And God hasn't figured that out yet. Because you're smarter than God. That's deception. The heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart deceives you. Nobody can outsmart God. But he draws us by his spirit. You feel that invisible force. A force you cannot resist. A force that's saying come. Inside of you a force that's drawing you. He said it's, that's what's bringing you. It's that invisible force. That power of the Holy Ghost. That's drawing you closer to God. You don't anybody touching you or saying anything. You have your own personal relationship with God. And something is telling you. It's time to serve him. Is to bring many sons. From different races. Read it. Nations. Tongues. People. How does he do it? Hmm? God speaks every language. He can communicate with everybody. You go, you go to some foreign country. You cannot preach because. They don't know what you're talking about. And yet the Holy Ghost does. You go there sometimes. You just stand up. Lift your hands up. And the power of God come down. And you don't speak their language. And they don't speak yours. But they understand. Why? 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 To bring many sons to glory. To make the captain. Do you know there's a captain? Of their salvation? Through suffering? Have you ever dealt with a captain? One who is a captain? He doesn't ask you. He doesn't ask you. He commands you. And can you resist and rebel against the captain? Do you know who Jesus is? You didn't know. I said, did you know he was a captain? All right, let me bring it simple. Have you ever played sports and the captain of the team? Hmm? He can just, just about do anything he wants to do with you. 
You, you might not like his ways. Jesus is the captain. And you didn't select him. The captain of what? Your salvation. All right, you have captain over a ball game, right? You have captain over all different stuff. But he is the captain over your salvation. My God, that, that doesn't sound kind of. Yeah? That means God sent him for God sent him to pull you out of sin, and he's a captain. And he never loses one. The captain never loses a game. It's true. Jesus, the captain of your salvation. So if he's the captain of your salvation, he tells you when to pray, when to go to church, what to do, what to lift your hands up, whatever, read the Bible. So he's the captain. And what happens when you resist the captain? It's a big price to pay. But I like this. He's the captain of our salvation. And God made him perfect through suffering. Verse 11 says. For, for both, both he that sanctified. Look at that. And they who are sanctified are all one. They are all of one. For which cause. He is not ashamed to call them brethren. That's why. You can stand and preach and sing and shout because, well, you're just a small little church. I've got the same captain over me that a Billy Graham crusade has. You didn't know that? He's a captain. And all you have to do is you know, you, you all understand. I don't know sports very much. But when he put you out there and says, you, you're going to run that line. You better stay there. Well, I don't want to. I'm better off. No, you stay right over there. When he say do this, you do it. Amen. He says, lift your hands up. You better lift your hands up. He says, every knee shall bow. You better bow your knees. The captain speaks. You go on a ship. We were on a cruise. Who's in charge? The captain. If the captain pulled over and said, we're staying here two hours, you better get back on board. Otherwise, ship's sailing without you. So we get back. Because you're under the command of the captain. Oh, God sent Jesus as a captain and we are under the covering and the command of Jesus. He says, He's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. That's where will I sing praises. When these brothers were singing, and sisters, that was the captain also singing. They were singing, but you could feel the presence of the captain. I'm up here preaching, but it's the captain telling me what scripture to turn to. It's touched my mind, my heart, my mouth. 
and say, go there, go there, go there. He types it in me. You know, I didn't come here prepared to, to preach this, but I come and I trust the Lord, my captain, and he puts the message because he knows. And while I'm preaching, he's typing it in my heart. Captain, he's in charge. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. That's what's going on now. His name. Wonderful. In the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. It's going on. In the midst of the church. For over 2,000 years, praise has been sung. Verse 13 says. And again. That means he repeats it. And again. I will put my trust in him. And again. See that there? Again. Again. And again. Behold, I and the children which God had given me. You know this too. God, there was a time when you belong only to God. The Father, you know that. And then there's a time when God gave you to his son, Jesus. And Jesus is to prepare you into sons of God and then present you back to the Father. So it's a work that you can't resist, you can't get away from. Huh? All right, you go home, and you go and sit down, and, and start begin to talk to you. Pick your Bible up. Read something. You open the Bible, and there's a verse that you needed. Tears begin to come. And you know God is with you. And again, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children. Verse 13, 14, which God had given me. <clears throat> but look at this verse in closing. Now look at this verse. For as much then as the children are partakers of what? Flesh and blood. That's using their flesh and blood. The children of a flesh and blood body. You were born. Mom and dad gave you that body. Okay? The children came in this world with a flesh and blood body. But God's, God's going to work on it. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Here's what happened. He became what we were. And what we are. He also himself likewise took part of the same when he, when he was born as a little baby. That through death. Look what he did. Through death. By dying. Here's what he did. He might destroy him that has the power of death. That is the devil. You see, you, don't, you and I don't understand what went on at the cross. You don't understand what Jesus did for you. You and I should be eternally lost. Died in sin. Eternally. But Christ became one of us. He came in a race. He was not in our race. The human race. He came and become one of us. So that death would have power over him. And when death got a hold of him and he died, he was able to destroy death. For you and I. That's why he came. But he had the power to rise from the dead. And so he died. But he rose again. And he said. Like Paul. Oh death. 
Where is your sting? Where? Oh, grave. Where is your victory? You see, a child of God that loves God and I've gotten a heart, death is not the end. There's not even any sting in death. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Eternal life. A lot of people don't understand. And the devil scare you. Oh, this is. No, absent from the body. Paul could say, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. What? What did he say? What did he say? Paul said it in the Bible. For me to live is Christ. Okay. He didn't say anything else. He stopped there. Did he? What else did he say? And to die is lost. How could you gain when you're dead? You mean that death made you more prosperous? Huh? I don't understand. You're supposed to be afraid of death because, you know, beyond there, the shadow, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Um, those monsters that are there. What monsters? He destroyed him that had the power of death. And Paul tells us, where is your sting? The sting of poison that the serpent in the garden, he took it out. The sting has death. So death has no more sting. For a child of God is just asleep. Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. When Stephen fell asleep, he saw the heavens open. And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Amen. Are you happy today? Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Praise God.